0: A few testimonies tonight, but I do want to get this word out to you. And you know, last week I was sharing with you out of Revelations, if you hear Revelations chapter uh, 13, 1 through 8. I want you to turn over there right quick, Revelations chapter 13. I believe God is wanting to raise up the end time worshipers. How many of you know the entire body is called to be a priesthood. Amen? We're all called to be a priesthood. That's why what we've been sharing is so important. We read over in Psalms 137 how their harps and their instruments was hung up on trees and the sound of their worship and praise had stopped. And I shared with you last week in Revelation chapter 13, it says that the dragon and the beast were worshipped and you used the word three times about worship. How many of you know the enemy loves to be worshipped? The reason he rose up against the Father and even even had the, the, the Idea that he could oh, conquer the throne of God, and he was able to deceive a third of the angels that fell with him because he wanted to worship. He wanted to be lifted up, and you can read in the Word of God that all through time, men if they were even worshiping Moses' staff. That if the devil can't get you to worship him, he'll try to get you to worship a man. In, in the days of Paul, they were, they were almost practically worshipping Paul and Apollos. And, and they were saying, it's not about who's of Paul, who's of Apollos. It's not about a man or a ministry. It's not about the name of a person. It's only the name of Jesus. And, he, and the enemy loves to try to get people fighting over what type of music, what type of ministry. And the important thing, the important question is, does God have our heart? I can worship with bluegrass. And I can worship with wrath. I can go praise God. Or I can go, yo! I just want to worship Jesus. And God is looking for the heart. And the enemy wants the worship. And it says in chapter 15, verse 2. And it says, I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire. And those who have the victory over the beast. Can I hear an amen? amen. Those who have victory over the beast. And over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, all oh, having harps of God. And they what? What? The ones who overcome the beast and the mark, and all the things we hear about in the end times, they overcome what? Because they're worshipers. It says they're singing the song of Moses, they're singing the song of the Lamb. And they're singing the song of the servant of God. And they're saying, great and marvelous are your works. Do you want to overcome the enemy? Then you ought to start your day off. Great and marvelous are your works. And I am the work of His hands. My children, my marriage, my life, my job is the work of His hands. Do you want to overcome the enemy? Do you want to overcome the beast? You overcome by worshiping the great and marvelous are your works. Lord God Almighty, just and true are your ways, O King of the saints. Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. For all nations shall come and worship before you. And your judgments have been manifested. Isn't that awesome? And then it talks about the temple of the tabernacle. And all those clothes to worship Him. You know, in the end times, there's going to be a war over worship. But those who worship the song of the Lamb overcome. Why? Because we'll overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Amen? I love Song of Solomon. You can just write this down because I'm going to try to hurry through this. In Song of Solomon chapter 8, verse 5, I'll just speak it to you. Who is that coming from the wilderness? Leaning on her beloved. Who is that coming from the wilderness? Do you want to get out of the wilderness? Do you want to get out of the try time? Do you want to get out of the trying times? You come out by leaning on the beloved. And I saw this and I started looking. And do you know that John, who wrote the five books of the New Testament, do you know he, he was called five times? He wrote five books and he was called five times the disciple whom the Lord loved. And you know, a lot of people preach all kinds of things. They say John was stuck on himself. They say John had an ego trip. But you know, John wouldn't use his names in his writing. He would not use his name as his identity he used his passion as his identity, and it says twice in the book of James. I believe it's, I mean John. I believe it's John chapter thirteen, and then John twenty-one of it. I'm not, I'm not mistaken. It said that he was a disciple who leaned on the breast of Christ. He was. He didn't want to be known for this or that or the other. He wanted to be known as the one who had his master's heart. And I believe that this is what God is wanting America to turn to today, is that it's not about the position, it's not about being in the light, it's about Him receiving all the glory and all the praise and the is going towards Him. Not the name of a man on a building or a sign, it has to be the name of Jesus. I'm passionate about that. A pastor that is Jesus, that is exalted in this church. That we be a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, to show forth the praises of Him who called us out of darkness. And it says this one coming, leaning on her beloved. And I looked up that word lean. And I want you to write this down. It says, who is this coming out of the wilderness? How can we come out of the wilderness? It says she's leaning on her beloved. John leaned on the bosom of his master. The word lean means, write this down, to have God's agenda. The word lean means to have God's agenda. I want to share with you later on in the future in Ezekiel chapter 37. It says that God spoke and brought him in the Spirit and broke to the prophet. And there was three things there. He says, I want you to get order. After order, I want you to prophesy. And after you prophesy, I'm going to breathe life, and an army is going to rise up. But how many know there has to be order, and God is wanting to bring order into the body of Christ, and He's wanting to bring order, especially in the area of our hearts, when it comes as far as worship goes. And we've got to learn that it's about God's agenda, not ours. But the Word of God says in Hebrews chapter 11, the Hall of Faith, it says that Abraham, it says Jacob, being up in age, leaned. Upon his staff and worship the Almighty. And as he leaned on his on the staff, and the word to lean means, Lord, what is your agenda? It says, and then he started blessing those after him. I believe so many times we're in such a hurry to just start saying things and blessing things and make an agenda where it's time to learn to lean upon God. We used to sing that song, Learning to Lean Upon Jesus. Well, guess what? It's never changed. That is still the heartbeat of God, that word lean to get god 's agenda in our life. listen to this, write this down. the word lean means to rid, to rid ourselves of all natural resistance, to get rid of all natural resistance, Lord, whatever is in my heart in my life that is resisting you or your move, and it means to love and follow Jesus. Listen to this, America, the word lean. Means to cease from leaning on our own comfort, our own agenda, our own selves, and learn to lean or depend totally upon the Holy Spirit. It means not to lean on the comfort or anything that would hinder our love for God. The word lean involves fellowship with the Holy Spirit, feeding on His Word, and having the Holy Spirit as our source. How many want to learn to lean on Jesus? Amen. Now, now write this down. It says in 1 Corinthians 1, 4 through 8, it says that we would not come behind or come short of any gift. Write that down. That we will not come behind on any gift. And that includes worship, praise, not only on the platform, but also in the assembly. We do not want to come behind on any of the fivefold gifts, any of, of the 27, 28 gifts of the Holy Spirit. We don't want to come behind on any part of, of, of the uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit because we want to turn to Him with our whole heart. Joe chapter 2 says to turn to Him with His whole heart. I want to tell you what wholeheartedness means. And you can write this down. The word wholeheartedness means by the level that which the message is lived out by the messenger. Wholeheartedness means by the level that the message is lived out by the messenger. Let me give you this definition. By the level that the worshiper lives out the worship. I'm not trying to do worship. I am worship. It says that the instruments of praise and worship was built in Lucifer. And he would open his mouth and worship and praise would just come from Lucifer as he would glorify and praise God. I'm not trying to worship. God is converting his body into being worshipers. And that word wholeheartedness means I'm not doing something. I am something. God, listen... Once again, God, as I was reading this definition, God spoke to me. He says, I want you to look up the word authentic, and I'll give you the definition according to the English dictionary in just a minute. But God is saying, I'm wanting my people to be wholehearted to where the messenger lives up to the message. Aren't we supposed to be Christ-like? We're supposed to grow into the image of Christ Jesus. I don't only claim I'm a Christian, I'm Christ-like. I'm growing in that area. And it's the same way if you're a teacher, a minister, a worshiper, a musician, whatever we are, you, you don't play the guitar. You can see these guys, they are the guitar. We're not singers. We're not trying to sing. We, we are singers. Singers are in side of us. Praise and worship. I'm not trying to preach. My life preaches the message that I give. How many of you, for a long time, America has been racked and right now the politics is that they say one thing and how many of you know, they change it the next minute. You know why? They've got a message, but they can't be the message. They cannot live the answer. No human person, no politician, no human can be, have and be the answer without the Spirit of God. He's the truth, He's the life, He's the answer. And so you can't help but expect people to fluctuate and turn. But when the church is not just trying to do church, but when we are the body of Christ, when we're not worshiping, we are worship every minute, every second. All we have to do is open our mouth and let the high praises of God ring. That's when the worshiper and the worshiper are one. And that's wholeheartedness. You're getting this? That's wholeheartedness. I just don't want to have a message. I want to be the message. I don't want to talk about loving. I want to love. I don't want to talk about forgiving. I want to forgive. I just don't want to speak the message. I want to live out the message. I just don't want to sing. I want to worship. And that means like David That what's in my heart explodes into my vocal cords and into my muscles, and I can't help but expressing what is on the inside of me because the the worship and the worshiper become one. That's how hard it is. You got that. It means by the level that the worship is lived out by the worshiper will be the degree of the, listen to this, will be the degree of the seriousness from the hearer. That's why in Joel chapter two and all through the word of God, he says, if you will seek me with your whole heart. In other words, yeah, you're calling out to me. But what you're asking for and what you are are two different things. But when what you say and what you do lines up and become one, then I'm going to see to the degree that you are what you say and what you profess to the degree that you are. The message will be the level I will hear. Boy, this is good. This is good. This is revival. When the people stop saying, "Well, you see those from that church," you see those from you see how church people are. No, when they start saying, "Wow, that entire church is living out what we always heard how we're supposed to live, how we're supposed to be by the grace and the power of Jesus Christ." But oh man, when I looked up this definition. It says by the level that the worship is lived out by the worshiper or the message is lived out by the messenger will be the degree of the seriousness it will be taken by the hearer, God. That is divine. Oh, I know God hears me. Yes, He hears you. But isn't it amazing? A lot of things we ask God doesn't come to pass because I wonder how serious... How seriously He sees we are in our degree of living what He's asked us to live out. You see what He's saying here? So I looked uh, as I was studying this. Listen to the scripture. Let me just read it to you. Psalms 101, 6 through 7. Did you get all the definition? Or do I need to get one time? Or you can get the CD. You, that word wholeheartedness because it's all through the word. God's always been looking for somebody wholehearted. He's always been looking for somebody wholehearted. And he says here in Psalms 101, verse 6, listen what David said. I will search for the faithful people to be my companions. Psalms 101, verse 6 and 7. I will search for the faithful people to be my companions. Only those who are above reproach will be allowed to serve me. And another trans, the English translation says to minister to me. Verse 7. I will not allow deceivers to serve in my house. And liars will not stay in my presence. Is that strong or is that strong? It's the truth. It's the truth. Liars and deceivers is not going to stay in my presence. They're not going to be able to stand it. Even as the anointing and the glory mounts up higher and higher, even in this church and in other churches that are going wholeheartedly after God, some will not be able to take it because not everyone, not even the 70 stayed with Jesus when it got deep. When it came time for covenant, they took off and he was down once again to the 12. Why? They weren't wholehearted. Their message was one thing and their life was another. The messenger was one thing and the message was another. Now now listen to the definition of authenticity. The Lord told me, look this up. And this is out of the English dictionary. It means the genuine, original authority. The genuine, original authority. It means opposition. Opposition to oppose, to be zealous against that which is false fictitious, counterfeit, to be genuine originally with authority, to rise up in opposition to that which is false, fictitious, or counterfeit, and believe only that which is trustworthy and reliable. Authenticity. There's something rises up about fake and falseness, God is looking for genuality. Now listen to this, musicians. Jake, get this. Joel? Oh, he walked out. Well, He'll get the CD. The word authenticity, I didn't know it was a musical word. Listen to this. It says in the dictionary, concerning music, that authenticity is having an immediate relation to the note played. To have an immediate relationship to the note played. The Word of God says, David said, that with every string played, the fist of the Lord hits the enemy between the eyes. And what David had in his tabernacle, he was—he didn't play the harp, he was the harp. And the position Satan lost of having music within Him, is a position we, as the priest of God, have gained. It's not being professional. It's about being wholehearted and authentic, thank you, help me, authentic, genuine, original, uh, hate opposition and falseness and fictitious and counterfeit for that which is trustworthy and reliable and to be an immediate, say that with me, immediate. Say that, Immediate. An immediate relation, have immediate relationship to the note being played. The the sound and the song become one. The note causes an instant response because every note is a note for God. Every note makes the angels start singing. Every note starts the saints start singing. Every note causes a response in heaven. And it's supposed to also start a response in our lives. I want that. I want that. I want the authenticity in the body of Christ. I want the authenticity uh, in the worship and the praise in the solemn assembly of the saints. I want us to be known. I want Word of Grace to be known as the companions of God Almighty. I want us to be known as those who are not fake or false I want us to be known as the genuine sons and daughters of the Most High God. I want the Holy Spirit to burn the zeal within us to where we are like David and not like the spirit of Michael. And we're going to look at that. Look with me. 1 Chronicles 15. 1 Chronicles 15. First Chronicles 15, verse 28. I know you're saying, well, you're sure not leaving on a good note. Oh, yes, I am. Do you know, if I had any message that would be the last message I could preach and i never get to preach again, I want it to be this message. Why did Brother Russell leave you? Be wholehearted, And be authentic. Don't be religious. Have a heart like David. It says in First Chronicles, huh? Oh, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. But I'm saying the importance. Yeah, I'm coming back. Unless we all get raptured because of this prayer, I, I wouldn't mind going to heaven if we all get raptured. But I ain't dying. But First Chronicles 15 verse 28. I want you to hear this. So all, look at this. All of Israel. Say all of Israel. They all did it together. All of Israel brought up the Ark of the Lord's Covenant with what? With what? Come on, let me hear you. Let the message and the messenger be one. What did they do? Shouts of joy. And blowing the ram's horn and trumpets. And crashing of cymbals. And the loud playing on harps and lyres. But as the ark of the Lord's covenant entered the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked down from her window. I thought I read, all of Israel was bringing the ark in. Isn't it something? There always be those who doesn't want to be one with the message. I'm going to stay in my window. I'm going to stay in my house. Because I can look royal from my window. I can look dignified from my window. I don't have to join the assembly. Don't you know who I am? That's what she thought. Her name, Michael, means he who is like God. She had the name, but she didn't know and live the meaning of the name. She had a husband, who knew the meaning of God. Her name, he he who is like God, and she didn't know God, but David knew who God is. He would sing about Him every moment of the day. She says, I'll stay in this window because I look dignified. I can play the part in this window. Where was David? Listen, church. I've had a few people ask me, Pastor, why don't you have on them nice chairs on the platform? Because I want to worship with the people. David was with the priest. He didn't need a chair to give him an identity. It's not the place. It's not the position. It's not the publicity. It's not the reputation. It's the heart that matters. And David says, I don't care about the castle, the palace or the chair. Give me God. I don't need to sit separate from the people. I want to be with the people. Come on, church. I want to be with the people. I want to be right here with the people. I'm going to be praising God. Because that doesn't make me like the five books written by John didn't make him John the apostle. He just said, don't call me John. Just call me the one who Jesus loved. Because that's all I lived for. I'm not bragging that he loved me. I'm rejoicing that I'm the one he loved. That's wholeheartedness. Because he became the messenger with the message. And it goes on to say, and they brought the ark of God and placed it in the special tent David had prepared for it. And they presented burnt offerings and peace offerings to God. And when he had finished his sacrifices, David blessed the people in the name of the Lord. And then he gave every man and every woman in all of Israel a loaf of bread, cake of dates and cake of raisins. That means all kinds of different things. And David appointed the following Levites to lead the people in worship. To lead them in what? In worship. It was always about worship. It was always about worship before the ark of the Lord. To invoke His blessings and to give thanks and to praise the Lord, the God of Israel. And it goes on to say all the people that He put in charge. And it says in verse 7, And on that day, David gave Asaph, his, his personal prophet and worship leader, and his fellow Levites, this song of thanksgiving to the Lord. Song of What? Oh, he. It's, there, there is no sad song in the spirit. There is no gloomy song in the spirit. There is no song to sing about how low I have it and, and how I'm just a meagly worm. No, it's songs of thanksgiving unto God. And he he gave him these. David gave him these songs, and he says, "Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim His greatness." Don't, don't you dare talk in the presence of the ark about how bad you've got it. Don't you come in the presence of God complaining and murmuring. You better come in the presence of God jumping, leaping and shouting and praising God. Let the whole world know what He has done. Sing to Him, yes, sing His praises. Sing to Him. Tell everyone of His wonderful deeds. Exalt His holy name. Rejoice, rejoice, you who worship the Lord. Search for the Lord and for His strength continually. Seek Him and remember the wonders He has performed and His miracles. And verse 20 goes on to say that the nations of the world recognize the Lord and recognize He's glorious and strong. And give to the Lord the glory He deserves. And the Lord reigns. You can read all this. Listen, the reason we are the church, we are full gospel, charismatic, word of faith, whatever you want to call us, is because we are a positive people. And we know that the the report of the ten negative spies was called an evil report. But But the two spies were able to rejoice and exalt God. We are a people of thanksgiving. We are a people of praise. We are a people that magnify God. We are a people that exalt God. We are supposed to be a people who are positive because we have a positive, powerful, almighty God living on the inside of us. When we get a revelation of Michael, he who is like God when we realize that we are like God, made in His image, and that the Godhead dwell in us, there is no room for, for being uh, negative and being critical and, and, and being a whiner and stuff like that. There's only room for exalting God and praising God and magnifying God and all that's within us exalting God because it's when we are genuinely worshiping, praising God, the covering and the glory of God will fill the temple. Look at 2 Samuel chapter 6. 2 Samuel chapter 6. Verse 16. The same story, but I want you to see a little bit more here. Second Samuel 6.16. Are you glad you came tonight? Amen. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will awaken and stir and we will participate and we will stir ourselves up to be living sacrifices, acceptable, wholehearted, and real before you, authentic. The praises of God and the Word will be authentic. We will be authentic. And your hand will be seen as the blessing and glory. That you will awaken each and every one of us, to have a zeal and a fire for our God. Now listen to what it says. But as the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked down from her window. Why wasn't she with the people? When she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she was filled with contempt or scorn for him. And they brought the ark and so forth and so on. And in verse 20, When David returned home to what? To bless his own family, Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. And she said in disgust, how disgusted the king of Israel looked today, shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like a vulgar person might do. And David retorted to Michael, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father and all his family. He appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord, so I celebrate before the Lord. Yes, I am willing to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated in my own eyes. But to the servant girls you mentioned will indeed think I am distinguished. So, Michael, the daughter of Saul, remained childless, barren, or cursed. Barrenness means cursed. She remained cursed throughout her entire life. As David leaned and worshiped God, he was known known for seeking God, but this day he revealed that he was more than a seeker of God. He revealed that his message was the same as he, the messenger, or the worship was the same as the worshiper. Michael observed but did not join in. She was not a part of the assembly nor did she lift up her voice. She didn't even sing a song to God. She chose to watch and stay at home in her window where she could be judgmental. But being judgmental meant she was alone. God inhabits, in the, God inhabits in the critical attitude of His people. No. In the judging of His people. He inhabits in the praises of His people. And the church has become a place of everyone who needs to be politically correct. That this is the way I see church should be. That's the spirit of Michael. We know who God is, but we don't live like He is who He is. You hear me, church? She sat in her place of judgment, but she sat alone. And as the assembly passed by her window and the priest in the ark, all of a sudden someone came into view dancing like a crazy naked man. And she thought, David is going to have to find out who that crazy priest is and kick him off the worship team how dare we have a naked praising leaping dancing loud glorious rejoicing priest how dare we have a lunatic priest send him to the wilderness but wait a minute that priest looks familiar I've seen him with his clothes off before. (laughs) I know him real well. The priest I wanted David to get rid of ends up being David. The worship and the worshiper are one. And God is being glorified. Everything in him was being expressed. And he danced and he danced unto the Lord. She was seeing a fool. The father was seeing a son. I don't care what people see. What does he see? David was dead. Dave was glorifying God and God was saying, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. I'm going to bless him. He's going to dance on top of devils and he's going to mock the enemy. And it goes on to say, she doesn't even realize. She's thinking he doesn't even realize he's making a fool of himself. I must tell David to handle this priest. And then she realized that it's David and she thinks, no robes. No riding next to the chariot. Listen to this. Didn't David learn anything from my father? Didn't he learn how to be a king? Didn't he learn what the royal robes mean? And that he has all the right to ride beside the ark in the king's chariot with the king's horses? Did he not learn that my dad, his mentor, wanted him to show the royalty really is and play the part? Didn't you learn anything from my father, David? Didn't he teach you how a real king is supposed to act? And David said, yes. He lived like a king, but he still died as a slave. I'll live as a slave to die a king. <laughs> Authenticity. Why don't you act like a preacher? Why don't you act like a song leader? Why don't we act a certain way? Don't you think we need to pull it back? All these different things. Don't. Hey, didn't you learn anything? I'm sorry, but I've been around God a little too much. And what I saw at that conference was good and I took what I could take, but it still don't beat the conference I have with God every day. And the way I've seen this one act And I heard how we're supposed to act And how it's supposed to be done And how church is supposed to be ran And how worship is supposed to be ran And when all the things that men try telling me Didn't you learn anything? Yeah, you're doing a good job I know you got a bigger church than me And you're doing an awesome job But I'm not in competition And I'm not trying to be a copy of somebody else Because I'm going to live for my God and my King I've been in His presence And I'm not trying to To be a copy of somebody else. I'm going to be an authentic fool. Call me a fool. Call me whatever. But I am going to be who I am going to be. To magnify my God who I know. That was David's attitude. Michael scorned. Where's your honor and your dignity? Don't you know that if anyone crossed my dad... He would be thrown through with a spear. Use your authority. Show your position. And David says, I did. I did. I live and move and have my being in my God. Mm. In 1643, David gives out gifts and goes home to bless his home. And he comes back and he meets scorning and anger. Spirit of Michael in her voice. She didn't understand worship. She didn't understand the king's action. She didn't know his heart. She was already wounded over her life. And all that she had left was her image to protect. Let me tell you something, church. Paul says, I count it all but dumb. Paul said, let's just get over this image thing right now. Let's just get over about who's supposed to act and be of who right now. Let's get over this image for I am crucified. Nevertheless, I live, but not I that live, but Christ who lives in me. Let's get this identity settled right now. It's not about me or anyone else. It's about him. Well, you know, we've got to have all these programs. And thank God for all these programs that minister and heal. But so many times, Pastor, I'm coming to prayer because I need prayer. And that's okay. But that's not all what prayer is about. I'm coming to church because I need, I need to come to church and get something. Well, how about coming to give Amen. something? You know, we need this type of program. We need that program. You need, I need this program for me. I, I need this program for me. It's not about you. Absolutely. You know, we could be a lot bigger with more programs because people go to programs, but it doesn't build authentic men and women of God. It builds results, but it doesn't build lasting foundational people. Oh, yeah, this place could be packed. I've made more people mad at me than happy with me. But it wasn't about pleasing them. It wasn't about giving them a position. It wasn't about them getting the light on them. This is about Jesus Christ being exalted, His Word being ministered to, and that we want to be a people who are genuine, spotless, and true. David says I don't have to play that part. It's not about me and my position or my kingdom, it's about my God and he will he must be exalted. Michael, why can't you catch on to this? It says in 2 Samuel 6:16 6, through on it says Michael was barren the rest of her life, barren and cursed. Life cannot arrive from scorn and misunderstanding. After all the dynasty of Saul is dead cause he killed. Listen. He what He projected, he killed himself. What he built, he killed it himself. Everything he did, he killed it when he killed himself, and he brought his children down and grandchildren down with him, and his family entered under a curse. What we try to save, we end up losing. So let's just lose our dignity if we've got any left. Let's just lose our religious traditions if we've got any left. Let's just lose worrying about anybody from our window. And let's just get before the ark. And let's just have a good time Amen. worshiping Jesus. Amen. Let's just glorify God. Do it when you're by yourself. And do it when you're at home and do it when you're around people. But don't ever cease worshiping God. Just don't watch from the back row. Participate. Don't just watch from the front or the middle. Be part of the assembly. We don't want to be scorners or we don't want to be critical. What's the greatest command? Is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all of our soul, and all of our mind. You know, sometimes... Won't be just dancing and it won't be just crazy. Didn't say David was crazy all the time. But when the Spirit of the Lord moves, you move. You move. If you've never raised your hands before, you start raising your hands, That I surrender. If you never clapped before, you just clap because God's your champion. If you never sang before, you sing. And I want to encourage. I know not everything we do here is your style. I hear about it all the time. And I just heard another thing, that there's too many words up there. There's too many words. And I'm probably going to lose somebody because of this, but I don't care because I don't have it. It's not about numbers. But I will tell you this. If that's too many words, I remember being a five, six-year-old boy singing six stanzas to old English words that I didn't even understand what they meant. Go ahead and get mad at me. I don't care. (laughs) I remember singing the first and last stanza. or We're going to sing all five stanzas. And I didn't halfway understand everything, none of those things, but I sang it and I had it memorized and I sang in the choir. And if those are too too many words, go back to school. How many chapters of the bible do you read a day? Is it too much for your god? Is it too much to give your god? <coughs> Rejoice. Let me let me say this. Well, you know my style's this style. I would love this style. I would love more of this. I would love more of that. What did... The Lord just gave this to me. What did Elijah ask the widow? What do you have in your house? Use what you have in your house. And I will multiply it. Well, I think instead of criticizing what we have... If you don't like it, I think you ought to just join in and glorify God for what we have in the house. Because I i mean, listen, it's not just a worship. It's not just a worship. I've been told since I've been here, I ought to be more like so-and-so's ex-pastor and this one's ex-pastor. and I've been told how many people I need to be like. Man, I, I, I'm sorry, me. But what you see is what you get. And I'm genuine. Jake, Sherry, Guy, the worship team are genuine. Everybody in here is genuine. But I will tell you, everybody in here is beautiful. And everybody in here is unique in a good way. And everything about this church is wonderful. And I love it. And I thank God for it. And I thank God for where we've been. And I thank God for where we're going. Amen. And we have so much to be thankful for instead of being upset and criticizing. And and I want to challenge you tonight to stay away from the spirit of Michael to where we don't say nothing negative in the parking lot or in in the building or with one another. It says everything that is to edify, build up and encourage. These are the things we speak and these are the things we listen to. This is a house of God because it is a house of prayer. I know there's people who are here. We pray and we fast and we worship and we glorify God. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I wouldn't want you to be nobody else but yourself and like Christ. So I think we ought to just rip the tags off, the preconceived ideals off. My brother's got a beard with four strands. He looks like a Jamaican on the chin. But you know what? That's who he is. And his wife loves it. You did it? It's variety and it's uniqueness. It's uniqueness. You won't see in here. Purposely people trying to look, walk like me. Because it's not about raising up a bunch of me's. My wife would tell you we don't need that. But raising up people like Jesus. I love you and I'll wash your feet tonight. And I just challenge you, encourage you that let's go all the way. And let's, let's, let's pray and let's don't write the notes and leave them on people's cars or on chairs let's don't criticize people if you have a problem talk to me and I'll, I'll talk to them because I understand what some things people say I understand but some things you just don't want to say you don't want to offend just get up and move He talks too much. Well, get up and move. He hollers amen too loud. Get up and move. There's whole sections. Go to the opposite side. But please, church, let's let's don't get critical. Let's don't talk negative. Please. This is God's It's a miracle we got this land and this building. You look at millions of dollars he paid for. This is God's house. It's God's dream. It's God's dream. You are God's dream. You're more valuable than any building or any parking lot or anything. But we're going to have unity. We're going to have a quiet and a gentle and meek spirit. And we're going to encourage and uphold one another. And we're going to cast out devils in the name of Jesus. And we're going to raise the dead in the name of Jesus. Because we know the secret. I must decrease that He increases. I must decrease. And we're decreasing. Even listening to this tonight, we're decreasing. Amen. The spirit of Michael, is it's all about me. My image, my status, my comfort, my schedule, my taste, what I think. But she didn't even know the meaning of her name. You know, when my kids were first learning to play games, say football. You get a little kid and you give them a football. How I many you know they'll run in the opposite direction? They don't know what to do. And finally they go, Daddy, what you want me to do? And you say, baby, just run towards the goal. <laughs> Lance used to play soccer. Just run towards the goal. Well, when God hands us worship, you say, what am I supposed to do? Just run towards the goal. All I want to do, if I can focus on God and nothing, get my focus off of God, I'm going to reach His throne. And I'm going to dance and I'm going to magnify and glorify God. Amen? Hallelujah. Did you get something out of this? Are you still going to be here when I get back? You're not going down the street, are you? You're not going to write me a dirty mail or nothing, huh? Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Lord, we love you tonight. We love you tonight. And we want your sweet presence in this building. We want your presence here. We do not want to be Michael's. We want to be like David's. Transparent. And children before you. And Lord, we know that if you are here, signs and wonders and miracles will be here. We give you glory and praise in Jesus' name.